Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. Josh Brown here. Today's episode is brought to you by Franchise 5. Why Franchise 5? I'm glad you asked. Growing your franchise in a slow, deliberate, and thoughtful manner is a smart way to grow. Franchise 5 helps you do this by expanding five locations at a time with a zen-like focus on the geographic locations that make sense for your growth. To learn more about this, go to FranchiseEuphoria.com forward slash Franchise 5. That's the number five. So FranchiseEuphoria.com forward slash Franchise 5. Now to today's episode. I am super excited to have Lee Kleiner on Franchise Euphoria today. Lee is a um, multi-unit Dairy Queen operator for the last 17 years. He has extensive knowledge of the QSR business, cost of goods sold, labor management, multi-unit growth and development, creating and implementing systems and routines, and following franchisee protocol, and has a track record as being a market leader in the Dairy Queen system. In fact, Lee led the charge in opening, in addition to Dairy Queen, three Witch Witch franchises, which is part of a Witch Witch franchise system, in a 13-month period. And his Zionsville store set a nationwide record for opening week sales, and his Greenwood location has the second most on record. All three operating Witch Witch locations perform above the system average. And his fourth Witch Witch store is... Uh, well, opened in May 2018. Uh, the thing about Lee is I've known Lee a long time. I actually went to college with him. Didn't know him all that well in college. And then we we kind of uh, reacquainted ourselves through through franchising. But he's in the, been in the franchising business a long time, 17 years. And you'll see that he, he got into it by answering a classified ads all the way back 17 years ago, which is an interesting story that he tells. But I think what you'll really see and appreciate is how he has uh, grown and evolved as a uh, franchisee owner operator over the years. And I think it's really an inspiring story to where now he owns uh, multiple locations and his business is doing very, very well. So without further ado, here's Lee Kleiner. Hi, Lee. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. You're, you know, you're someone we, we first met at IU Bloomington many, many years ago, and um, obviously we 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 did not really keep in touch uh, over those years, but um, but kind of circled back through different networks and connections. And when I found out that you know you you had all these franchises, you know, I figured uh, I wanted to talk to you. So t- tell me about your story a little bit about how you got into uh, franchising, what franchises you own. And uh, we'll begin there. Sure. Um, I started franchising in 2001. Um, I became a Dairy Queen franchisee, and I currently own three uh, units today. And actually, interesting story about the Dairy Queen is my first Dairy Queen I purchased, I actually found, found it in the newspaper. And I called the broker. And that's kind of all she wrote uh, as far as Dairy Queen is concerned. And I, you know, I, Wait, I, so there was just an ad in the paper yeah, for Dairy a random Queen. Ad. There's a random ad in the, in the for sale business section. And um, that's literally how I found my first Dairy Queen. And how soon was that after college? Oh, gosh, so 2001. So I probably I probably was in the real in the real world for probably three or four years. Um, and I just had kind of had in my mind, this is kind of what I wanted to do. It wasn't necessarily Dairy Queen, but I thought it was a solid business and 
Um, I liked Dairy Queen, and but I didn't really know anything about the business. So I went to Dairy Queen school for a month and came back, and that's kind of was my introduction to Dairy Queen. Well, well tell, okay, so <laughs> Dairy Queen school. I mean, you can't throw that out there and not have me ask a question about it. To, to, what is Dairy Queen school? What do you do? I mean, so you you go there. I went actually in, in, in the in the winter, like I think it was maybe November. It, it was freezing cold. You had snow up to your eyeballs. And you literally work inside at that time. It was a corporate building and you worked in a replica Dairy Queen. So you learned everything from uh, running the register to making all the products. And then they had a couple of weeks worth of like classroom work where you, uh, I don't know, where you learn how to do some simple things like royalty reports and understand cost of goods and just simple, just simple stuff. However, it was good training, but it's never like hands-on training. So it was good, but did they have fake customers? You know what they did was they, they the uh, corporate office was there, so they would have times where all the corporate employees would come down on a scheduled basis to eat lunch. So they would simulate, you know, rushes. And did you have to like work every area? So like, were you doing the cash register? Were you fixing, you know, the the you know the blizzards? Were you getting the hamburgers? I mean, were you doing all that stuff? Yeah, we did everything from making, serving, uh, equipment maintenance. Um, I mean, yeah, you took turns at each station and, and they ran the shift like you were an employee and you had a kind of had a, had a huddle meeting at the beginning and, and the trainer would say, hey, Lee, you're going to go over here and, and if you have any questions, let me know and we're going to try to upsell the day or, you know, whatever they were trying to work with us on. And, and it was they treated you like any old employee. And then were you doing this alongside other prospective franchisees who were also going to DQ school at the time? Yes. It was me and a bunch of people who didn't know what they were doing. So, yes. <laughs> Yes. So, well, so well, let me take one step back before we go forward. When you, when you reach out, I got to imagine with Dairy Queen, they had some sort of application or some sort of process you had to go through to where they could figure out whether you had the financial wherewithal to even make this happen. Correct. Yes. So, you know, this is the typical form. Um, my dad helped me get into the first one um, naturally, but you know, 17 years ago, things were different than they are today. So it was a paper, it was all paper driven. It wasn't internet driven. And I don't really remember it that well, but um, we just fill out the paperwork and then I got a winter coat and went to Minneapolis. And that's kind of how I remember it. Well, but after seeing this ad before, because I got to think when you signed up for DQ school, did you already sign on to become a franchisee? And then this was yes. part of the training. That right. you had I, I had been approved as a franchisee and then under the conditions of ABC. And then, but before you decided on Dairy Queen, even, you know, and, and, and responding to that, was that the only one you looked at? You just kind of found them and you thought, okay, they've been around for a while. I'll go with them. You know, I wish I had a little better story to tell you, but that's kind of how it was. I love it. I mean, I love that story. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, at the time, and I also owned the property there too. So I was like, that's a good piece of property. It's a good little town. I like the brand. I just kind of did it. Well, that's huge. So talk to me about that. Was that your strategy to make sure that you owned the property or was that unique for the Dairy Queen system? Um, for Dairy Queens, um, first of all, let me say all my Dairy Queens that I own, um, I bought them from existing operators. So I never built one, for example. Um, so um, my strategy was to try to find them all with property. And, and for Dairy Queens, I would say in my state of Indiana, a lot of them are property owned operators. So um, I learned that kind of going into it. And my strategy, yes, it was to kind of own the property as well. 
Now, was this a struggling location when you bought it or were they doing well, but somebody just wanted to get out or what was the, what was the situation? She kind of had some health issues. Um, I don't think that she really enjoyed the customer side of the business. When I bought it, I mean, you know, she helped me a lot and she was very good to me. But as I got into the business more, she just wasn't much of a people person. So the business, um, when I bought it, the, the business, it was a good business, but there was a lot of room for growth as I found out. So tell me now that, you know, you go through Dairy Queen school, you kind of learn in the best simulator type way possible uh-huh. how to run one, but we all know that doesn't prepare right. you for the reality of it. What, tell me about what that was like going from the simulated process to now, okay, I've got a store and it's running. <laughs> well, um, you know, people don't. You're laughing, me. which tells me there's a good story behind there. I, I just didn't trust myself. So, I mean, I work, I just work constantly. I was always, I, I mean, I, I'll never in my life be able to reproduce what I did to kind of learn on the fly. Okay. I'll never be able to work those hours. I, I actually have to sit, I keep the paper schedule. So this is a reminder. Um, I just didn't trust myself. And then, you know, usually when you buy a business, it's kind of the opposite. Like you don't trust everybody else. I didn't trust me. And so I work really hard on just kind of understanding how to operate things, how to fix things. The customer side was easy because I was used to dealing with people. That was easy. But there's a lot of mechanical things behind the scenes that you just don't know. And so I, I had some good people around me helping me out. Um, I inherited some really good employees with that particular location. And it just kind of worked itself out. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, but at the beginning, I was working so hard. I don't think I realized that there were any ups and downs. I was just working. And how long did you continue at that pace for before you, you started to trust yourself a little bit more? You know, it took me a good six months before I really, you know, trusted myself. And then at that point in time, I was able to kind of really run the, you know, really run the store. But I don't know. It's just one of those things where you just kind of did it and I don't ever want to do it again. Um, but it was a good learning experience for me and, and um, you know, maybe grow as a person. And, and I wouldn't be in this position today without that kind of that kind of that rough start. Well, so did you so you had some good employees. Does that include a manager that came with with you at the time? Well, no. Um, in that particular location, um, what really was kind of my saving grace was that, um, and she still works for me today, actually, was that I had this high school employee who was just a real hardworking kid. And she was getting ready to graduate. And to make a long story short, a couple of other managers didn't work out. And me and this person connected. And um, she worked as a shift manager. And before you know it, she was a general manager. And like I said, she still works for me 17 years later. Um, in many capacities for me today. So I got lucky. Well, tell me about how you, cause this is a, per, this is a pervasive problem, especially with, you know, fast food type, type franchises is you know, how did you deal or how do you deal with the turnover that's inevitable? You know, I think that unbeknownst to me, what I, what I do really well at is I'm very good at culture building and, and putting a team in place and developing people that, you know, they may not be the, most qualified people coming in, but I'm able to develop them and create and, and, and create the culture. And then they themselves become the person I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. And I've had great success with that. At what point did you decide that you wanted to own more than one Dairy Queen? <laughs> well, you know, I think like everybody you talk to, probably they probably grow too fast. I grew too fast. I don't know. I mean, I love the business and I love the people. I love the brand. I love dealing with the community. So it was pretty easy for me. I knew I wanted more. 
Um, about two years later, I purchased my second location. That was a, a huge adjustment for me. Now, was that part of a multi-unit deal at the outset, or did you just purchase the one to start, and then you were looking for a second one down the road? I purchased the one, like I said, and then the second deal, um, when you get into a brand, people come to you then. So people came to me. They knew I was young. They knew I wanted to grow. So people would come to me. So somebody came to me and um, I evaluated the deal back then and, and it, it seemed to fit. And, and that was kind of all she wrote. And then, t- so tell me about how that was, because I know I'm, I'm laughing. I, everybody I talked to going from one to two locations is always tough, no matter how prepared you are. Talk to me about, you know, what were some of the struggles in doing that? Well, the biggest struggle going from one to two is that you're um, used to kind of doing more than you should be doing. So when I went to my second location, I was, I was kind of running around, you know, kind of like a chick with my head off. And I didn't have any structure and I, I started losing track of everything. And, and you can't be at two places at once. Um, that's, that, that's why one to two is hard. When you go to three, you already have those systems and routines in place and they just kind of carry over. But when you go from one to two and then you do it too fast, it presents a lot of challenges. And probably the biggest mistake I made other than growing too fast was I didn't bring any of my own people with me. So the people I inherited were probably not my kind of people. Um, it took a long time for me to try to, to convert them to the way that I do things. Um, and as it turns out, I, I, I could never get the general manager that I inherited to do things the way that I like things done. And it took, took me a little bit longer um, to get that store going in the right direction. Um, as it turns out, I, 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 uh, I groomed somebody to, to run that store and he actually worked for me for like 11 years and, and uh, he just left about three years ago from me, but um, he did a great job. But like I said, if, when you buy these things, if you can bring them in, if you bring your own team of people, it makes all the difference. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's got to be tough too, because, you know, when you're working with one location and you've got a manager in place to manage that. It's not necessarily the case that it's hard to groom somebody for multiple stores until you have multiple stores, right? I mean, how, how can you do that? It, it, you just, it's it's sort of like your, it's like your simulator, like the simulator only does so much. It, you just have to trust that this person and yourself will develop along the way. I'm curious, what did you learn about yourself from a management perspective and a style going from one to multiple locations? Well, I, I think that, like I said, um, sort of like dumb luck, I've, I'm really good at, at grooming people. I'm really good at developing the culture and really good at developing, a, I, I call it a bench of people who are kind of next in line, right? So um, back then, I probably didn't realize it as I know today, but I was really good at just dealing with people. I, I saw myself just like anybody else who was working in my stores. And if you ask people today, the first thing that they'll tell you is that when I'm in the store working, I'm like anybody else. Don't treat me differently. Um, don't talk to me any, any difference. Um, when I'm there working, I'm there working. And if the restrooms are needing attention, then that's, and I'm next up and I have to go take care of that. And I think I just fit in well with all the other team members. And I was working hard and I think they respected that. And that was, that, that's just kind of how I started things. And I, I still do that today. That's kind of how I do things. But I created this culture. The culture was just a, a caring culture that a lot of people make decisions for themselves. I still do that today. It's very important to me that my general managers are able to make decisions without my involvement at times. So that's kind of how I did it. And that was sort of what I was doing, not really knowing it, if that makes sense. 
And are you, I mean, are you involved in the day-to-day dealings with the employees that work at the store in terms of, you know, the hiring, the people who quit, the, the firing, stuff like that? Or, or is that is that purely left to your general manager and then you get a report on it at this point? Yeah, right now at this stage of the game um, with seven restaurants, it's my general managers handle all that. We have weekly meetings. Um, they'll kind of debrief me on the, on, the, on the good and bad, kind of what's going on. And then we work on, you know, fixing what's wrong or improving, you know, processes or, you know, whatever it may be. So um, that's just kind of how we operate now. But yeah, so I allow my managers to make a lot of decisions. Now you, that was at the time you're dealing with two stores. Then you, then you purchase a third one, right? Currently right now, how many Dairy Queens do you own? I have three currently. I had four. I sold one um, a couple of years ago. So I'm left with three. Can you say why you sold? You know, it's just a business decision. Um, I, I think I probably just grew a little bit too fast. I needed, needed to slow down. And I started to realize I just didn't, when I was buying the, the third location or I didn't have my people with me again, I made the same mistake over again. And then I ended up uh, buying another Dairy Queen. I, I did exactly the right way this time. I brought one of my key people with me and we brought another assistant that she was familiar with. And at that time I had four and then I sold another one. So I, I'm left with three now, but when I, Finally, my last Dairy Queen I purchased, I did it the right way, and we had such success. It was it was really, I don't like to use the word easy ever, but it was very seamless. Well, then talk about then getting into a totally different brand, because now you're comfortable with Dairy Queen. Now you've, you've, you're a multi-unit operator. You're doing well. You've got your team in place. You've grown as a leader. You're developing a great culture. And then all of a sudden, you decide you want to buy into a different brand and try sure. to grow that. Talk to me about that. Okay. So um, about five years ago, I was pretty pleased with the direction of my company, but I, I had my aha moment and I woke up one day and I just didn't feel like I was getting the maximum potential of myself. So what I decided to do is I kind of cleaned house a little bit on the back end of things. And I um, brought in a gentleman, his name is Mitch. I brought in Mitch and Mitch's, his role was, uh, you know, like a part-time CFO. Um, but he, what he really is, other than a CFO to my company part-time, is that he's an advisor to me and helps me make tough decisions. And we decided that we were going to kind of clean up some processes and we were going to, my ultimate goal was to grow. And so we talked a lot about, you know, where I was as an organization and where he thought I needed to be and where I wanted to be. And to make a long story short, we put a little plan in place and I don't know, maybe 12 to 16 months after doing that, we both kind of gave it thumbs up and we thought we were ready for another opportunity. And, and at the time, the first thing we thought was, Hey, let's buy some more Dairy Queens and, you know, and, 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 it just didn't work out. And I ran into this opportunity with Witch Witch. And um, it's the best thing I ever did. I think most people know about Witch Witch, but those who don't, tell us about Witch Witch first. Sure. Witch Witch is a, um, a superior sandwich franchise. There's probably, I don't know, 450 units um, nationwide. Um, their, their concept is a, is a brown bag. You, you, you put your name and you order your sandwich through a brown bag system. It goes down a zip line. And your sandwich will come back to you in that bag. And that's that, you know, so um, it's a, it's a higher end type sandwich. Um, but it's, it, but from a Dairy Queen to a Witch Witch, the feel's different. It's, it's a younger brand. It's a lot vibier. It's a lot louder. There's loud music playing. It's got a little bit of an edge to it. So I love the two brands. I always say Dairy Queen's kind of like, it's like Brooks Brothers, you know, it's like kind of, it just kind of is what it is. And Witch Witch is a little bit unpredictable. Um, it's just a younger company. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And you own how many now? 
uh, four. And so was your plan always to, I'm trying to remember with which, which did you start with just one or did you buy into a multi-unit deal? I did a multi-unit deal of two. And then we built our first one in 2016, had success somewhere along the yeah, line. Wasn't it the fastest, fastest, uh, our best uh, sales opening in the history of the brand? Yeah, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty hot and it opened up really good. So we ended up buying two more. So we did four stores in a period of like two and a half years. So, I mean, other than obviously a good location, I got to imagine, what do you attribute to kicking off so well? Because I got to tell you, Lee, and I don't have to tell you this, but for people listening, that is one of the biggest and most important things you can do as a business owner, as a franchise owner, is you've got to get things kicked off with a bang. I mean, you've got to get that. You have to get them going uh, right at the outset. How did you do that? Well, I think for, like I said, with when I brought this new advisor and we've spent 12 to 16 months planning for this, we cleaned up our processes. We did different things. So when I was ready for an opportunity, I was ready. And I had the thing about this, I had great people working for me that I wanted to give opportunity to. Okay. I had this great bench strength of people. And my goal was to use these people to leverage another brand. And that's what I did. So, you know, I, I, I brought the lady who's worked with me for 17 years and, and she, now does a dual role for me, but she went into the Witch Witch brand. She stopped doing Dairy Queen. She moved over to Witch Witch. Uh, we went to school together for our, a month as well. <laughs> and um, we came back right to operate. So I, I trusted my, my person, my key person working with me. I trusted myself. And we just, we just followed the systems and routines that were given to us. We marketed like, you know, like we had to. And we opened up really hot. And that carried over to the second, third, and fourth locations. And I've built the four locations with my people that have been with me for, you know, for, for, you know, for years. And, and they, now they're all getting to share in, in the success that, that they really helped me build. So you didn't just answer classified ads with which, which no, not this one. This was a <laughs> little more sophisticated than just a newspaper. <laughs> well, I, I love the idea of, you know, building from within and mm-hmm. the way that you have very, you know, consciously thought about that, there's a lot of people out there who would see two different brands and think you got to keep, you know, everything so specific to that brand. But you really thought of it in a holistic way and said, okay, we've got all these people. We've got these people who we've trained. We've got these people who know how to follow a system. Now I've just got to work with them on this other system. And it sounds like it was a, it was a good winning formula for you. It's worked out great so far. And, you know, now I have more people that I've developed, you know, now I have seven different, you know, seven restaurants and I'm constantly developing people and they're constantly buying into our culture, you know, as, as opportunities will, you know, come, you know, there'll be opportunities for other people. And, and I may do a third brand. I don't know, you know, where I'll be here in, in you know, five years from now, but I, I suspect I'll, I'll probably grow. Well, I'll be sure to send you the classifieds so you can just kind of look through. <laughs> Please do. I actually, I'm actually one of those people. I still get the newspaper today and they don't sell any businesses in the newspaper anymore. Okay. So tell me this. So a lot of people listening are going to be thinking to themselves, man, I wish I could be Lee Kleiner. You know, they, they want to have multiple businesses. They want to have them rocking and rolling, going. You've got the structures in place. You've got the people, you've got a core team with you. What's a typical day like for you if there is such a thing? Um, probably half of my day is just, I wake up and figure out what I want to do. Um, the other half, you know, is like anybody else. I have appointments set up my phone. I have meetings with, with managers. I have, you know, I try to make steady uh, meetings with my manager. So I know on Monday I'm going to go here or Tuesday, but I try to leave half my day to kind of, I don't know, kind of like freestyle and do what I want to do. Um, I still enjoy being in the restaurants. I still enjoy being behind the counter, talking to customers. 
But probably the biggest thing that I do now is more community involvement than ever. I mean, I think that the franchising has changed over the last many, many years. And, and, and being involved in your community, kind of being that mayor of your community is very, very important. So I try to make myself visible in the communities and my managers too. It's because it's important for them to be, to be visible as well. So I don't know. I just kind of do what I feel like doing each day. And, you know, we work hard and, and we have a lot of fun. Well, something tells me too, I mean, you know, with seven restaurants going, you have to have room and it sounds like you do for about half the time for the fires that are going to come up. Not literal fires, yeah. but you know, mm-hmm. the fires that come up all of a sudden you get the sure. text, you get the email, you get the call and you're like, oh man, I got to deal with this. I mean, is that something that you are thinking about, you know, hey, what's going to happen today? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that's probably the biggest thing that people don't think about when they get into franchising. It's it's when the cooler breaks. It's when the POS system wants to not cooperate. Those are the things. That's kind of why I say I kind of freestyle. Those are the things that probably occupy half my day. It's the unforeseen uh, facility issue. And those are the types of things that really jam up your day. So looking back after all these years, 17 years, what would you say is one thing you wish you had known then that you certainly know now for those who are listening and are in the position that you were in 17 years ago. They're trying to give it a go. Um, maybe they're further along in their journey. Maybe they're further along in their life. And now they're trying to give it a go, but it's still the same process you go through. What sort of a piece of advice you would give? I'd probably say, you know, it's very, very, very important to be able to adapt to the fast changing environment. So when I first got into franchising, I really believed, and I think a lot of people did too, that you could work really hard, run your business and, and do well. Um, nowadays, there are so many factors. There's third party delivery. There's you know loyalty programs. There's community involvement. And if you're not hitting on all cylinders, you're, you're missing a segment of you're missing a segment. And I think in order to be successful today, you have to be able to hit on all cylinders because there's so much competition. I don't care what what model you're in. There's so much competition out there. And I think that you have to be willing to adapt. You have to be willing to accept things that maybe aren't seamless. I'll give you a perfect example. It would be third party. It's huge. And um, we have iPads like stuck up all over our wall now because we take four or five different, you know, um, outside vendors and they're not integrated with our POS system. You kind of have to, you kind of have to adapt to it. And if, you, and if I didn't adapt to that, I'd be losing, you know, thousands of dollars a week possibly in, in third party delivery. So I think you got to be adaptive. I think you got to have your eyes open at all times. Um, in addition to working hard. Lee Kleiner, Dairy Queen and Witch Witch Franchisee. Thank you so much for coming on. What, what's a good place for people to reach you or learn more about what you're doing? Sure. Um, I can be reached at my email, which is Lee Kleiner. It's K-L-E-I-N as a Nancy E-R. Lee Kleiner at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but the best and continued success in the future. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being with us today on the Franchise Euphoria podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and provide a review. Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at franchiseuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode.